0: The healthcare system can be confusing frustrating and at times downright scary here to help clear up the confusion putting an end to the frustration and making it a lot less scary from los angeles are your hosts eric and roy on the informed patient show well, welcome to the Informed Patient Show, and we are your
1: hosts, Eric and Roy. This is the show where we take out the confusion of the healthcare industry. On today's show, we have Melissa Chatain from ProHealth Home Health. Welcome to the show, Melissa.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, home health. We're yes. going to dive a little bit more into that, and the reason is, is because we do believe it's very, very important subject.
2: It is. I feel like there's a misnomer. People don't really know what home health is, and and uh, they don't know the options available to them.
1: That is true. And as case managers, we refer to home health quite often, don't we, Roy? Oh,
3: con- on a daily basis, constantly. Yeah.
1: What uh, we we always like to ask our our guests a little bit of their background and like how how you got yourself into what you're doing and. Maybe you can give a little bit of background.
2: Okay. Well, uh, I originally started off in marketing. I'm a marketer. I'm actually not a nurse, but um, my mom is a nurse, and my dad has been in sales for many years, and I was convinced as a child I was going to be a doctor, but after my first year in college at University of Illinois, I realized I wasn't Dr. Smart, (laughs) (laughs) so I I figured um, I still love Helping people. I was always uh, involved uh, volunteering as a candy striper and such. So I majored in health planning administration, public health, and graduated with a degree there and loved marketing. Nice. And decided to focus on that. So I started marketing for assisted living, uh, dementia Alzheimer's unit. Mm. Worked for Belmont Village and and found my way working in different facets. I worked for home care and really found success in home health marketing. Right. And I've been working with ProHealth for quite some
1: time. Where are they? Do they have a central locale?
2: Yes, they do. We're located in Los Angeles off of Wilshire Boulevard, 4221 Wilshire Boulevard, off of Wilshire and Crenshaw, um, centrally located. And we cover all of Los Angeles County, parts of San Gabriel County, San Fernando County. Um, but we're a full service home health agency. When I mean that, we can do um, skilled nursing, PT, okay. OT, et cetera.
1: So. Oh. Maybe you can clarify for our listeners uh, what when we say skilled nursing, if you can kind of give some more of a definition of what that means.
2: So a lot of people say, well, what is home health? And they think that it's someone coming to their house and just taking care of them and and for like a caregiver. Um, but this is when a doctor will prescribe uh, nursing for you um, that you are not able to physically leave your house for. So if you need help with um Physical therapy or um, medication management, um, something that you can't do on your own. This is when a nurse, actually an LVN or RN, Mm -hmm. will come to your home for visits and
1: provide care for you. And this usually, so when when it's skilled nursing, we're talking about somebody who has a license. Absolutely. Okay.
2: License care.
1: Right. Correct. Okay. So you guys provide skilled nursing in terms of RNs, LVNs, physical therapists. How about occupational therapy?
2: Yes, we do. Okay. Ocu- Ocu- occupational therapy and speech therapy.
1: And speech therapy. And yes. uh, speech therapy would, what kind of clients do you normally see that receive speech therapy?
2: Um. Someone that might be, have a, a stroke patient or, oh, something
1: okay. or such, right.
2: Um, but we're primarily known for our oncology care. Oh, our okay. agency was founded by two oncology nurses and that is our specialty.
1: Oh, okay. So uh, in terms of oncology, does, uh, are, you, uh, are you talking maybe like chemo products? Yes. Home?
2: Chemotherapy products in the home, chemotherapy oh. services in the home. So if someone's going through chemotherapy, they're able to receive um, infusions in the home.
1: Oh, that's makes it convenient. They don't have to go to the infusion center or to the hospital.
2: Absolutely. Um, a lot of, um, home health agencies don't do that type of care. Okay, they really yeah. trust us to provide an extension of their services in the home.
1: Right. You now is it because um the nurses have to be have certain certifications? Absolutely. Our learnings? nurses
2: are very well trained, very okay. highly skilled nurses and that we provide a full range of oncology
1: services in the home. Oh well, that's bird nice convenient for people who are active probably Absolutely. or or maybe homebound, right? And
2: they're act, they're act, active. They would like to be active. But really, skilled nursing in the home or home health is really for patients that are homebound. They must be homebound. And that's the primary, primary diagnosis of someone that needs home health services. They must be homebound status, as in they can't leave their home, travel more than 500 feet. And that is um, the primary diagnosis for someone needing home health
1: services. So that would have to be documented by a physician that yes. there's that the patient's homebound is so homebound is one of the biggest criteria to receive any type of skilled home care in the home. Correct. Correct.
2: Okay. So it's so if someone is looking for us online and, and they're saying, oh, I think I need I think I need you. They can't just call us and say, hey, I would like you to come out to our home. They really – the doctor, even though they would like to choose us, the doctor would have to write a doctor's order for them to receive services. And it would have to be specific, choosing what is the medical necessity for them to receive it because the insurance company um, or Medicare would have to pay for it and prove that there's medical necessity for them to receive services.
3: On on that note, just because a doctor writes an order for home health – then the, you have to have the document to back back all that up, like the maybe the history and physical yes. or, or the consult notes showing that that's exactly what's going on.
2: Exactly. Right. It's a, and, I, I'm, and this is obviously for the informed patient, and there's a lot more that goes into it. And obviously, you guys are case managers, so I, I won't get into the nitty-gritty. But mm-hmm. in the past, it used to be just a doctor's order and, and right. a little bit easier. But they've made it a lot more difficult now for a doctor to write an order for a patient. It's it's a lot more serious. So there's, yes, H&P, a um, lot more document, all the doctor's notes, <laughs> and proving the reason why they're treating, how long treatment will go for, exactly what is needed, all the medications needed, um, and this needs to be submitted to Medicare and the insurance company.
3: Okay. And then what insurances do you take besides, uh, say, Medicare and Medi-Cal, and then what are the differences sometimes of actually meeting criteria or documentation for some of those. Well,
2: they're pretty much all the same truly. Okay. Um, but we take we work with all insurances. So Blue Cross Blue Shield, Cigna, all of them we primarily can take all of them. Sometimes there's limitations if if there's an EPO, but we work with mostly all insurances.
3: Okay. And what would the EPO what would that be?
2: Um that's exclusive um patient provider okay so that's that's if you're only contracted sometimes some insurance companies are now changing that for example um this is something that i even was going through this year um my husband and i were looking for new insurances and there's epo it's like inclusive provider organization sorry i'm from semantics but <laughs> it, it has to be like only this this group can be on the list. And if you're not on that list, it can be considered out of network and you can't be part of that provider. So these are things that you have to look for as a patient as you're looking for insurance because you think, oh, APO, that's fine. I'll take it. It might be cheaper. But that limits your uh, availability, availability to the providers that you can have access to. And if that's important to you, you really should look at that if you're looking into insurance, So for me that is important. So I prefer to have a PPO, right. knowing that I can go to whatever physician, whatever service that I wanted. Yeah. So that's What's just what they do. So it's
3: all basically it comes down to that it's all based on, on the contract. So it's all on the contract. Okay. Yes. And it's, but if you know if you have a PPO versus like if you're with an HMO, then you you st- generally have like a higher copay if you're doing that. Am I correct? Um. Yes, defined? but.
2: Yeah, you can ha- possibly have a higher copay, but if it's in-network, it usually is covered. Okay. If that's when you go out-of-network. That's when some things come. Okay, see,
3: I don't think a lot of people realize that that, that yeah. would still be a difference. So you could still have the same insurance, but you could pay different versus if you stay in-network with them versus going out-of-network. Yeah,
2: but also, this is something to consider. If you're having major surgery, if you're having a knee replacement, for example, and you're hitting your deductible already, you may hit your deductible and then have your your home health be covered because you're already hitting that deductible because it was such mm. a high cost. So you really don't know until you are in that situation when you're needing home health. And that's why going through an agency like ours, we handle it for you. We have insurance Um, representative that will go through that process for you. So when the referral comes through, we will work with your orthopedic surgeon. They'll send us a referral saying, you know, patients having surgery on this date, we'll look through your insurance and know the exact cost to you, if any, and let you know in advance, most likely it's none. And we'll, we'll work with you to know, and to let you know exactly what's going to happen and how it would work, mm-hmm. let you know exactly who would be coming to your house and how that works. I think patients in general don't have a full understanding of how it works and what is provided to you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm here today. And this is what I try to do as a patient advocate is making sure that patients understand all the services that you can receive.
1: What determines how often a nurse or a physical therapy or occupational therapy shows up to the house like per week
2: it really depends on the type of surgery that they had and what the um, what is provided upon discharge um, a lot of times it depends on the medications that they're on mm-hmm. um, it depends if they're a fall risk I mean granted i'm I'm not a nurse but and, and as you guys know it all depends on what the doctor prescribes
1: oh okay. they might
2: need you know, PT two times a week. I, it depends. It, it's really not up to us. So it's, I mean, it's right.
1: all depends on what the doctor prescribes. Pre- doctor prescribing medical necessity.
2: Med- medical necessity. Okay, and sometimes good. the patient may say, you know, it might be two times a week. I I'm, I'm hurting. I need a little bit more help. I need someone else to look at my IV or my port cath. And I need a. And then they'll call us, and we'll talk to the doctor and say we need. You know, might need an extra visit. But it's all flexible, and it's all about communication right. and making sure that we can provide the best care for the patient. Our number one goal is to prevent rehospitalizations and making sure we're providing the best care to get you back up and on your feet so you're not back in the hospital.
1: Now, for the patients that uh, the doctors I, I used to see, when I still do see, uh, sometimes uh, we'll, the doctors will order. Uh, safety Evaluation and Medication Compliance. Yes. And you speak a little bit to that, and and how often is that done? And what do you see it, and what kind of patients do you normally see that for?
2: I feel like th- that, that has happened a lot. That kind of used to be the, um, let's just write them a home health. Referral. So doctors would write this often to say, okay, I know that they need something in the home. You know, it's a home health eval. Mm -hmm. So a safety eval. That's to make sure that if the patient is going home, that their home is safe, that there's not fall risk around. So, for example, you just had knee surgery, you're going home. Let's make sure that that the stairs are safe, that there's not rugs in the area that's Mm. making it a a, um, fall risk for you. Making sure that the... Um, chairs and things in the home that they have the proper equipment for you when you go home. Um, medication management, making sure that if the, maybe it's an elderly woman, making sure that her pill boxes and things are um, organized and that the, her uh, medication is in line, that they're not uh, mixing and that, and that she's she can able to identify them. Uh, yeah, that she can uh, identify and that sure. we're making sure that she's taking her pills on time and that we're making sure that she's. Safe in the home. I mean, oh, yeah. it's essentially what it is. A lot of times, these uh, elderly patients are not. Yeah. Um, they're not able to think on their own and not able to see these things in advance. So, it's it's basically a safety precaution as like that extra um uh I'm going say extra bit of confidence for that patient sure. for for that doctor to make sure that their yeah. patient is uh, that transition home is going smoothly for them.
3: Oh yeah, but well, in a lot of cases, too, the the nurse that's going out there, it's They're not just training the the patient, but maybe family members or her hired caregivers and that's and that's part of the service correct so that they understand absolutely
2: absolutely a lot of times um sometimes that there'll be a case there might be um like an iv case or um that would be like a daily infusion and such and maybe the first three days that that we're going out there and we're we're doing the ivs but we're actually teaching the family so by day four and five that they're able to learn and, and take care of their loved one As well, it's there's a lot of education that goes involved. That's involved.
3: So somebody that's not a licensed nurse, in a situation where it's under home health, might
2: be a little intimidating.
3: Well, yeah. So, but it's I'm always uh, amazed that um, I see out of the necessity of cost and everything, but that somebody that's not licensed is able to hang a, say, an IV bag or something that has medication in it or antibiotics or I don't. I guess the, the chemo too, correct?
2: Yeah. I mean, these, especially for, for some TPN cases and stuff, more and more patients are, their loved ones are involved for their care. And they can't, there can't be someone there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And family members are having to step up to the plate and, and be there. And but so I, nurses are there teaching yeah. the loved ones to take care for their loved ones.
1: But I believe technology itself is making it a little easier for family members, correct? Yes. I, because we had one of the pharma, uh, Infusion companies come in and show us the new uh, ways of delivering IV. Some that like collapsible bottles that collapse on itself and deliver, you know, IVs over a certain rate. and All they have to do is open up a valve. So okay. I think I think the technology is allowing for family members to be, you know, more comfortable. What's a dial you know, on, helping?
3: A dial in the drip chambers on some of yeah. these before, because it used to be the nurse would have to sit there and count. Uh, okay, how many drips per how yeah. many seconds, and how. How's that going to calculate over the next two hours? And of course, yeah. IVs were always positional and everything. And now they have these drip chambers. They set the dial at seventy-five cc's, a hundred cc's an hour, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, it yeah. it's just comes out that you don't have to have a uh, an electric power pump or anything like that.
1: Yeah. But, sometimes yeah. they could do that. So I think technology itself is technology blending. has changed yeah, a lot. Changed it too. So. Uh, I guess the takeaway from what we're talking about here too is any family members that might be a little intimidated by this—that uh, there is technology out there to make it very easy, and Absolutely. it's uh, and the learning curve is is not as bad these days. Not so.
2: like it was 20 years ago. <laughs> no,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, that's, uh, we're done with our first segment. I started to hear the music there, and uh, we're going to take a very short break. When we come back, we'll continue our wonderful talk uh, with Melissa from ProHealth. So stay right there.
0: Obviously, our shows have to be consolidated to fit into our time frame for an even broader look and a more complete understanding of the healthcare system. The book that started it all is available at amazon.com and and barnesandnoble.com, titled, of course, The Ill-Informed Patient, authored by host Eric Darling. The book is very easy to read and is reasonably priced. Get your copy today. And now, back to our program with Eric and Roy.
1: Okay, well, welcome back, and we're talking with Melissa from ProHealth, and we uh, this is a pretty lively discussion on uh, what home health is and how to qualify for it. Okay, so if you can kind of compare, contrast the caregiving services versus skilled.
2: Ah, okay. Um, well, caregiving services, that's non-medical. So that is basically someone helping with the activities of daily living, bathing, mm-hmm. dressing, grooming, um, transfers, Okay. so that's someone that might be there not just for a visit um, they might be there for maybe a two-hour bath visit to help with with bathing but someone that might be oh. there more of like an eight-hour shift sure. that's caring for someone that is that's more shift care for um, that's there for a lower rate obviously to hire a nurse to come and, and be there for you is a lot more costly okay. um, but to have a caregiver work with you it might be um, like Twenty to twenty-five dollars an hour and okay. up, um, versus a nurse that's starting at fifty dollars to, okay. and up. Um, and mm. uh, that, it, granted, is a significant difference in cost, but it's a different level, skill level as well.
1: And it's usually, those aren't necessarily licensed folks, right? there might be like they cert- might be certified CNAs, like CNAs
2: or HHAs in which mm. we do provide HHAs for okay. for bathing and oh, with wow. necessities okay. for our patients um but yeah, there is a there is a difference cause... as far as what is needed, and and granted there has been some changes because especially in California, mm-hmm. um, before there there was a lot of fly by night agencies, shall I say, that like everyone can open a caregiving agency and not necessarily people that were on workers comp and that were oh, uh, okay licensed or that were like had background checks and stuff, and they were just oh. having agencies, and now <laughs> the, the they changed the federal law that people had to be, like, legit agencies. And so right. we've seen a lot of these companies disappear and that they have to be either CNAs mm-hmm. or HHAs. Okay. And um, there's a lot
1: more stringent.
2: um Wow.
1: Now, is there a doctor's order needed for an H- HHA no. or a CNA or caregiver services? There's this not. Is... This is okay. someone
2: that if mom needs a little bit of help, maybe in between school nursing, mm. in between if there's, there's not someone that's in the home to mm. help with during visits that you can just find. And actually, Borough Health is able to refer someone to you uh, if you do need it.
1: Oh, okay. That, that's good. That's good.
2: We like to consider ourselves um, patient advocates and community resources. So, if you're in native care, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that may be, and if even a physician referral, we're able to help our our community nice. okay. when needed.
3: So, so if the the caregivers um, and the caregiver assistance and so on, yeah, are they ever covered through the insurance for you know like bath aids or anything? Especially if somebody's getting physical therapy and other nurse visits and uh,
2: not that um no no, no. so th- this is the thing so a lot of people have been looking into and this has been something that's come up for me is that people have been asking oh well i have this insurance policy like i'm, I'm looking into changing my insurance and long-term care so if you're, long-term sure. care if you're going to an assisted living that's a different story because that's obviously you're going to have like a cna or something included because right. you're going to go into assisted living and that's what's mm-hmm. going to be there but not for that now if you're Depending on your um, financial income, you might have like in-home support services, and that's from the state. Oh, right. But that's yeah. not the same of having hiring a
3: caregiver for you. Okay, okay.
2: yeah. Okay, so and there's that, that the distinction.
3: Just uh, not to jump around so much, but <laughs> the medic—I'm thinking like medical, Medicare, and the private insurances—and for what they're paying, um, it seems to me it's a it's a harder thing to get people to go out for MediCal patients for for home health and i was wondering if you could kind of explain what's why why is it that some of the agencies are
1: shying away from shying Medi-Cal away. yeah the Medi-Cal, medicaid yeah. right
3: exactly versus medicare and-
2: when working with certain referral sources we have a relationship with we always take MediCal because this yeah. is the nature of the beast oh yeah there are patients there that have Medi-Cal that we're not going to turn down. We have Mm -hmm. to take the good with the bad and we have to serve the community. That That is just what we do. We serve the community. But looking at it from a business aspect, if we have a relationship with the hospital constantly, we're Mm -hmm. going to take all of the patients. They give us Medi-Cal and we take all of their patients, period. But if it's a one-off company that of doctors just all of a sudden sending me, you know, four Medi-Cals in a row, I'm gonna be less inclined to take that patient because there's not that relationship there. And yeah. it's a losing well, situation for us. We have yeah. to remain profitable. In sure. the days yeah. where there's less fewer and fewer ways to make money in health care for home health mm-hmm. companies where they're paying less and less per case, it is just a business decision where you just can't afford it. Yeah. Sure, we yeah. take losses every day.
1: Yeah, they, and I was going to say it. it uh, you, you know, all of it's a business. You know, the the hospital's a business. Home Absolutely. health is a business. The sniffs are a business, and they have to be mindful of you know doing this uh, very delicate uh, balancing act on a razor. Yeah, <laughs> where you know you're hoping to get more private and more Medicare. You know. Medicare is to kind of offset what you're not getting from Medi-Cals. Of course, but what I do like is I have noticed that um, there are a lot of you know home health agencies that 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 understand that and really try to work and you know with the individuals like like ProHealth and um, you know but but you know the patients do have to understand that that it is a delicate balance and but what's nice about you know both pro- entitlement programs. Like Medicare, or just to kind of clear the air for the folks that are listening, Medicare pays for a lot of stuff, but Medi-Cal does pay for stuff that Medicare doesn't, like custodial care at a skilled nursing facility. There you, go. you know, like yes. if you're gonna be just at a, you know, say. Uh what most people know is putting Mom in the old folks home, you know, or the nursing home um that 's considered custodial care Medical or Medicaid does a wonderful job paying for that, but unfortunately, Medicare does not, so even hospice. yeah and <laughs> so so you have this up you have the the pros and cons of both entitlement programs and where the home health agencies got that balancing act that they have to do, mm-hmm. so it it could. Be a little bit more challenging for the discharge planner or the case manager to try to find, you know, home health companies or skilled nursing facilities that are uh, that are, are in the position at that time to take a Medicaid or Medi-Cal patient. So um, that's uh, I think we've uh, I think we've clarified that pretty pretty yeah, well, the, right, Roy? Or? Pretty much. There's, there's one <laughs> other area I
3: wanted to kind of clear up, a, yeah. also is um. When you're there under Medi-Cal under custodial, that means you're not having skilled services at yeah. that time. You can't be, you can't be a custodial patient and a skilled patient at the, at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you could, you could, you kind of could if you were had Medicare and you had MediCal and you're living there, uh, and the Medi-Cal is paying for you to to live at the the skilled nursing facility, but uh, the actual physical therapy and that kind of thing would be covered under. The Medicare and sometimes un- under the medical too, from yeah. Yes, but so. I will be honest yeah. with it's you. Kind of, I, it's I've a worked, tricky thing. But
2: yeah. this is the other thing I have to say to you: when a patient is custodial, and this is because I I worked at a sniff. Okay. And and I, and this is one of the reasons I didn't want to work ever at a sniff again. Just to oh, be quite uh, honest with you, <laughs> when someone is custodial and they know that they're custodial mm-hmm. and they go out of and go to the hospital. Right. Okay, they have to keep that bed open for seven days.
1: Oh, that's right. Have the yeah. They have the bed hold. They
2: have the bed hold for seven yeah. days, but right. they know that patient is custodial. They want to fill that bed. They are hoping With a that patient, patient exactly. They're hoping yeah. that patient is out for eight days because then they can oh, give that yeah. bed away.
1: Yeah. So, and uh, most
2: likely it's going right. to happen to your mom. And I hate to say it, they're going to try to fill that bed and make sure that your mom does not come back. Mom or dad does not come back and they're going to fill it with the Medicare because they don't want that custodial patient back because it makes their Medicare numbers. It's less profitable to have custodial patients in the building. So even though, yes, it's covered, but they don't want that person to come back. So they're going to try to fill that bed with the Medicare and... And that person is going to be floated yeah, to the next sniff, yeah. and it's really unfortunate that that happens. But this right. is what I saw, but, and this is what broke my heart. Already, we see this it, is what we I, see I didn't it like yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, not all,
3: it's not all the time though, because there's still a lot of facilities out there that, that really try to do the right, the right thing. Yeah. And, I'm, it, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I'm saying you. It there's, happens. There's two sides to the coin. Yeah. I know it does happen.
2: But places that are, let's say, facilities that are more custodial facilities that happens to but if they have um if they have any medicare beds the whole purpose of having a marketer in the building is to make sure they have as many medicare beds as possible of course and they're gonna make sure that that person is they're gonna push now granted i had a problem with that and that's why that's not where i choose to be
1: yeah, it's stuff And again, but it, it's, it's it's a fine line. It's 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 business in general, and it's like any any entity that's trying to be in the healthcare realm. That delicate balance again, you know. They want to stay, uh, and when we say profitable, sometimes, yeah, I know a lot of people think that's an evil word, but being profitable means that in times, in the bad times, they can still keep those people employed. But so you can exist. Your you know, business
3: won't fall. The, you know, you'll yeah. still have a business. You have to. Have yeah. A yeah,
1: they they have to be mindful. Like we still want to exist and. Uh, uh you know it's a, like i said uh, our insurance uh you know our titlements and our uh, insurers you know there's a battle in congress and everything about which ways the best way and which ways not so great there's never ending evolution and change in our healthcare world in terms of uh insurance and coverage and trying to stay afloat and everything it's a uh, oh Oh, my gosh. It's, it's, it's a, pretty
2: stressful it's and sad. very
1: stressful, and a lot of people, including the patients and their families. So, again, that's why our, our show exists. We can right. have well, these discussions and, and let it be known. Oh. Well,
2: and this is the other thing I want to touch on, um, is that when someone is told that, I think we need to prescribe home health, <laughs> they have options. Yeah. A lot of times, the Physician will just say, Okay, you need home health, and you're going to go with XYZ. I encourage everyone listening to this show to do your research. Mm-hmm. Go to medicare.gov, look up the home health, which the doctor told you, look at their ratings, look at their satisfactory ratings, yeah. look at to see if the doctor is affiliated, a lot of times physicians will refer a home health that they're affiliated with because their medical director, or they may be compensated by that oh, home yeah, health, yeah. for instance, financial incentives.
1: So to keep that mindful. And to keep to, that to, mindful to because that is not, it's not sure. completely unbiased, yeah, right? And uh, it's it's important to it's important to uh, point out that um, patients and their families have what's called the freedom of choice, absolutely, right? and. Uh, they do um, have the right to choose any entity that takes their insurance, yes. of course, or has, you know, they can they can be properly reimbursed. But they do have the choice, and the case managers and the physicians need to uh, abide by those wishes. Absolutely. Correct? Yeah.
2: So, like That's a lot of times, some of the bigger hospitals will say, "We only work with five agencies." Well. That might not be the best five for you, or you might have a personal relationship with another home health, or you might know like home health like ours that specializes in oncology care, or that Mm -hmm. is an expert in one thing or another, and they're not giving you that information. You are your own patient advocate. Sure. You have to be. And I strongly recommend that you do the homework and do the research. And that's what I... That's what I am here to help
1: you with. Today. Yeah, so. and uh, for the folks that are listening, uh, just a little bit of advice from uh, Roy and I. Uh, that it is customary for the case manager when they start talking about home health and or skilled nursing facilities or anything to provide the patient and their families a list of uh, of of these entities that are close by or especially where the patient uh, lives, and if they don't. You certainly can ask for one. Right. And they they're supposed to be able to once especially when you ask to provide yeah. you a list and help you identify one that will fit your needs. Again, freedom of choice is a is
3: a rule that uh is very much enforced. Yeah. I find that most Um page, <clears throat> excuse me. I find that most uh patients decline the list and mm-hmm. they ask for your guidance and so that kinda comes down to where a lot of times there's a list of maybe five or six agencies that you to use maybe more than the others. I mean, if you give them a mm-hmm. list of twenty or thirty uh, agencies, I think you're just you're going to overwhelm them that much more. The confusion. So a lot of them ask you to pick the agency for them. So generally, is what I've done is if I've used one agency the other day, then I'll I'll spread the wealth around a little bit, so to speak, and I'll have an, uh, maybe this one go to one agency or another agency that I haven't called for for a week or two or something.
1: Um, Let me see. Uh, I know Pro health, uh might be, uh, you guys are contemplating offering some new services that are not necessarily offered by other home health agencies. Am I correct
2: yes. in that?
1: Maybe we could talk on that a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, as we have been doing skilled nursing for some time, mm-hmm. oncology care, physical therapy, et cetera, right. we're actually diversifying our Our services to include um, something for non medical, maybe a younger group of clientele. Um, The last few years, there's been a rise in some of the um, fitness, lifestyle, Mm -hmm. beauty spas and um uh, medical treatments for okay. example someone that is um active and has a really uh, athletic lifestyle may want something to replenish themselves okay. after a h- intense workout mm. um and we've been offering some services concierge services to your home such as Myers cocktail or some beauty treatments that one can purchase and have a nurse come and do an infusion in your home for. So that's something that we're launching in January 2017, uh, which will be updated on our website, um, www.prohealthca.com. But it's really exciting to see that. So getting more into the non-medical beauty realm.
1: It's more like the wellness. The wellness realm. realm. Like, yes. And and these cocktails are IV infusion. IV infusion. Like of yes. amino acids and vitamins and such. Yes. That kind of stuff yes that is a that's a growing field especially here in los angeles um New York and I believe in Chicago and stuff where um the amino acids and vitamin c and vitamin infusions are becoming yes. i don't want to use the word all the rage but <laughs> they are 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 starting to become more common use uh yeah. for We've people been doing who, it for
2: our, our celebrities yeah. and clientele and uh, concierge clients already yeah. so. so
1: that would be a nicer you can spread it to mm-hmm. uh more people that you know get that word out there that it's, could be available to you know other folks as well yeah and, and and what's nice what i like about it is instead of you going to a doctor's office like in beverly hills you guys are coming out to the yeah. patient in the comfort of their own home and while they're watching TV they can be getting an infusion of like some amino acids and vitamins and help rev them up and you know, give them a good shot with their immune system and other things like that. That's a yeah. that's a fabulous idea. It's like taking this concierge wellness spa concept to the home.
2: Absolutely. I was sick that's a few weeks nice. ago and I actually had it done for me and I was, I mean, I was down and out wow. <laughs> and I was back up and running in, in 24 hours. So
1: now I'm going to, really... now I'm going to assume that mm, insurance doesn't necessarily pay for this, right? Is no. this mostly cash? This, this is, is cash. Private pay. Private okay.
2: pay out of out of pocket but we have a concierge um medical director okay, that is cool. affiliated with us that and is
1: it going to be affordable prices or are we talking about outrageous
2: oh no it's it's, no? it's affordable granted okay. this is it's as a luxury oh, so yeah, i think affordable right. is depending on what you would, <laughs> like would to say would, well, <laughs> what's affordable yeah, to you?
1: and so. also so does it do the um so does the do the it, when the doctor prescribes it, the, does the doctor talk to the patient and kind of get an idea and maybe kind of does a history and stuff? Or how does the doctor interact with the patient before the uh, you thing? How do you have it? Okay. Uh, so it's still in progress, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, it's, but but you're going to be off it. When, when do you expect this rollout?
2: This will roll out in January.
1: In, okay. Okay. Yes.
2: Great. Um what I do know is that there is gonna be um a brief consultation with the physician and the nurse okay. prior to it getting started. Very, very and they nice. have to sign a consent and everything. So sure, this will be sure. handled,
3: yes.
1: Wow, well, that sounds fascinating. Well, sounds, I'm, I'm actually in, interested in that myself. Yeah.
3: Sounds like a show we should have uh, one of your physicians. Uh, yeah, we'd actually want to
2: have our owner back nice. on the show and, and talk about it.
1: That would be nice. We'd like that. We can really dive deep into maybe you know the benefits of doing that. Sure. Who should do it? Maybe who should stay away from it? Other things like that. That would be that would be wonderful. Talking about. I know. I think but Dean be would cool, be awesome
2: to have back on
1: the show. He's I think good uh, I think there would be a great uh, interest in that. What do you oh, think, Roy? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Okay, well, we're running about. We're running out of time, so we'd like to thank you so much for being on the show.
2: Thank you for having me. This was uh, fun.
1: Yeah, thank you again. This is a very, very important topic, and I don't think we can't uh, we can't talk about it enough because this is home health being used a lot more in lieu of going to the hospital.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And we'd like to our our listeners to really get a good handle on how you qualify for it, what it's all about. And how it benefits them. So, I'm glad you came in to talk about that. I, I absolutely. Yeah, We've been a,
3: a great uh, guest here, Melissa. And uh, how did how do they get a hold of uh, your agency or? You
2: know, uh, well, we're actually open 24 uh, hours a day, seven days a week. There is always a nurse available, so they okay. can call us anytime.
1: And what's your geographical boundaries? For Los Angeles
2: elf. County. So Los Angeles. All Los Angeles Los County. Angeles, San Fernando. I mean, mm. we go um, almost to the tip, like almost by Magic Mountain, oh, okay. all the way Santa down. We, sure, yeah, Santa sure, Cruz sure. a little bit. Then yeah. we um down to almost tip of OC. I'm oh, not, okay. pardon, not to OC. Okay. Los Angeles County. Right. Long okay. Beach. Long Beach. East to the um, 170 Duarte area.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Got that. Like the the Duarte area.
2: Yes. Yeah. Okay. All and right. And then-
1: and to the, the ocean and the uh, so your website address for is anybody...
2: www.prohealthca.com, and then our number is three two three nine three two zero seven seven three and you can always call us we're always available to you yeah, if they free have questions or
1: anything yeah. or, okay
2: our free consultation you can always talk to a nurse and have any questions and talk right. to us
1: and on the website you guys can have information about that concierge. Uh, wellness stuff too. Yes, or... we will have that. It, awesome. We're
2: actually relaunching that for January. So Outstanding. We
1: definitely will have Fighting. somebody on the phone I and mean, the radio about that. So that'd be great to so look forward to that. Okay. okay. Well, thank you very much again. So thank you for listening to this episode of another episode of season two of the informed patient show uh, on behalf of uh, Roy and myself. We again, thank you. And, uh, Like us on Facebook and uh, check out our website at www.informedpt.com for more information and very helpful blogs and how you can get uh, your hands on the new book, The Ill-Informed Patient, The Patient's Guide to the Healthcare System. Well, until then, till next episode, take care, everybody.
0: Bye.